Welcome to Bible and Bourbon. Today we are covering Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 11, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Today I'm drinking Eagle Rares, single barrel, 10-year. And our praise this week is one that you may already know if you receive our email updates. Over the last few weeks, I've been in contact with a man named Braxton, who served two tours in Iraq, and while he was there, lost both his mother and his father shortly after one another. Through this process, he began to question his faith, but through our community, he has come back to Christ and is looking for a church home. So if you do know of any good churches in the West Texas area, please send them to BiblePeriodBourbon at gmail.com and we'll pass them along to them. I know West Texas is a rather large place, so if you do know one, it may still be far away from him, but at least send them to us so that we can pass them along. And It's just great for us all to celebrate together as he has come back to Christ and he is back on the journey with Jesus. And I think it's a great thing for us to talk this week about our own journey with Jesus as Jesus enters the holy city of Jerusalem. But before we start, let us begin with a prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. You rode into the holy city not on a majestic steed, but instead on a donkey. And we know that you ask us to do the same, to humble ourselves before you and to humble ourselves before others. And we ask for you to give us that strength to do just that this week and always. In your holy name we pray. Amen. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Those crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 11. You've probably heard this story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey as the start of Holy Week before. It is known as Palm Sunday, and it is often celebrated by shouting Hosanna, which means save now, which is both a prayer and a word of praise. 
And it's clear by reading this scripture that the people of Jerusalem were celebrating Jesus. They were excited to see him. And this is how this narrative comes across in all three of the synoptic gospels. But there is something different about the gospel of Matthew, something that's present only in this gospel. And it has to do with donkeys. So we're going to talk about these donkeys today. Because only in the Gospel of Matthew are there donkeys. Mark and Luke only have a single donkey. But in Matthew, the disciples get both a donkey and her colt. Now, if you were not raised on a farm, you may not know what a colt is. But a colt is simply a young male donkey, horse, or pony. So this colt was with his mother, an adult donkey, while the colt was a child. And it may seem odd that Matthew would have two animals present when the other Gospels only have one. And the reason for this goes back to that prophecy that was fulfilled by Jesus entering the city. The quotation from this prophet actually comes from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. When you read this passage, it can seem as if Zechariah is talking about two separate animals, a donkey and a colt, the foal of a donkey. But most Hebrew scholars point to the poetic nature of the book of Zechariah. It, like most of the Old Testament, is poetry. It is written in a poetic fashion, and a lot of the poetry is lost on translation, either translation to Greek or translation to English. And it's understandable that that is the case. I mean, if you translate almost any poetry or even music into a new language, it loses part of its rhythm and its rhyme. There's a reason why most foreign countries uh, keep modern pop songs in English. Because if they are translated from English to French or German, well, they're just not the same. They might have the same meaning, but it doesn't have the same rhyme. Uh, Just to give you an example of how this happens, I, I know a Catholic priest who is a priest serving in a parish in the United States, but he's originally from India. He learned English as an academic, not as a native speaker. And when he speaks English, he speaks a very proper form of the Queen's English. It's not something that you would necessarily expect if you were just holding a general conversation. He once told me that he was walking out of the church one day and someone stopped him and said, Father, you're going to want to wait. It's raining cats and dogs outside. To which he was taken aback and went running to the window to see these cats and dogs falling from the sky. Now, obviously, if you are a native English speaker, you know that it is a metaphor. Raining cats and dogs really just means that it is raining quite heavily. But if you are translating that literally to a different language, well, that symbolism is lost. And many scholars believe this is the same thing that happened in Zechariah. 
Because in Hebrew, there is a common poetic technique of repeating an item one or two or three times in a different way to fully bring its meaning into the mind of the reader. So when Zechariah says, on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, it's not necessarily as if he is describing three animals or two animals. He's just repeating it poetically to bring that meaning of a king riding a donkey to the forefront. And many people, or scholars in particular, believe that Matthew just didn't understand this poetry and that he merely said that Jesus rode on a colt and a donkey because he wanted it to match up to the prophecy when he really didn't comprehend what Zechariah wrote. And then these scholars would say further that Mark and Luke understood the poetic nature of Zechariah and therefore they just said on a donkey and got rid of the colt. But there's a few reasons I don't like that explanation. Uh, For one, it means that there are mistakes in the gospel. I don't like the idea that there are mistakes in the gospels. There can be differences between gospels. There can be things that are particular to one gospel or another. But I don't think anything is a mistake. Or at least, I don't think there are any mistakes in the original manuscripts. Uh, There might be some mistakes that have entered into our manuscripts based on translations, or copies that happened later on where someone else added something additional to the original documents. But I don't think that there is anything wrong with the original manuscripts of any of the Gospels or any of the books that we have in the Bible. I just don't like the idea of mistakes in my holy text. But that also doesn't mean that I am going to completely brush off the scholarly aspect of examining our scriptures either. I think that we can faithfully look at our scripture and see that something may not merely be a mistake, but there might be some intentionality behind it. Which leads me to two conclusions. One, uh, there was a donkey and a colt, but Jesus just rode on one, and maybe the other was pulled beside it. And that's fairly understandable. If you have a young donkey, you wouldn't want to separate it from its mother, so it would accompany its mom alongside Jesus, having garments placed on both which also would make sense that the other gospel writers left it out. Uh, They may not need to mention the colt if Jesus didn't ride on it. If he only rode on the donkey and the colt merely tagged along beside Jesus and beside its mother, then they wouldn't add it in, uh, them being Mark or Luke, which could be true. And also, Matthew could have decided to add the cult when Mark and Luke decided that they would just leave it out because of its tie to this prophecy. Matthew seemed to have a deep understanding of the Old Testament. As the writers of the gospel go, he seemed to have the best understanding of the Old Testament and how it connected with Jesus's life. He constantly made a conscious effort to connect with Jewish Christian readers to make sure that they knew that they were part of this new narrative. 
So it doesn't really make much sense that he would make a mistake. I think Matthew understands the history of the Old Testament and how it connects with Jesus and Jewish Christians. And he is repeating it in the same way that Zechariah repeated it. He is making a nod back to those poetic natures of Hebrew literature. He adds the donkey and the colt as an additional layer, additional emphasis on this donkey. And this emphasis brings what the prophet was saying to the forefront once again. In the time of Jesus, there were three festivals in which all Israelites were asked to make a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. They were important high holy days for the Jewish people, and they were also important political days. In some ways, you can think of them as a political rally that might take place in Washington, D.C. on the 4th of July. A number of people would get together with a spirit of independence. And these festivals in Jerusalem kind of had that sort of political undertone to them. And the Roman Empire, which controlled Jerusalem, saw these days as particularly dangerous. They were afraid that during these festivals, the Jews would get together and, in a spirit of interconnectedness, start a rebellion that might overthrow their authority. And this fear wasn't unfounded. In the years after Jesus' death, there would be a Jewish revolt. And the embers of this revolt began simmering during Jesus' lifetime. So, for these festivals, about a week before, a Roman prefect would enter the city on a horse, a large horse, with a battalion of Roman guards behind him in order to keep the peace. This was a very public display of Rome's power over the Jewish people. There was nothing meek or mild about it. It was a large horse and a symbol of their large power. As a Kentuckian, I have seen horses all my life. My sister owns a horse. And even though my sister's horse is quite small in comparison to many thoroughbreds, it is quite tall and quite large compared to a man. Large horses were a symbol of authority because someone on horseback can overcome basically anyone who's not. Even today, policemen ride on horseback as a way to maintain order over crowds because being on a horse gives them power over people who are not. The people of Jerusalem watched as this prefect and his guard came into the city on this large steed with their power and authority. And then, in the exact opposite manner, Jesus enters the city not on a mammoth horse, but on a donkey. A donkey with a colt in tow. It's not a symbol of authority by strength, but authority by compassion. It's not a war animal. It's a common donkey. And in Matthew, it's a mother and her child. It's a symbol that brings us back to Jesus' own birth with Mary and her son together in a manger, surrounded by animals not too different from the one that he rode in on. It shows us that Jesus isn't here to overpower anyone with strength, 
He's not here to dictate his will by his strength alone, but here to offer compassion, to save us now. And that's why I don't like seeing this passage as a mistake, because it's not a mistake. It's a way that we can see the truth of Jesus, not just even in his words, but in how he enters the holy city. What will happen to Jesus will be painful. Whenever I read the account of Jesus' march to the cross, I am struck by how such a peaceful person could have this happen to him. How is it that the people of Jerusalem lead Jesus to the cross during Holy Week? I mean, Jesus could have stopped them. He could have used his angels to throw off his oppressors, but instead he marched beside them for us. What an honor must it have been for that donkey to let Jesus ride on its back with its colt in tow, a mother beside the king of kings brought into the holy city. It's a message of resounding peace in a city full of darkness. And it's a message that we still hear today. For the Prince of Peace speaks to us in the darkest of times. He offers light into our hearts, even when we feel that nothing can penetrate the darkness. He is the king on a donkey. Whenever you feel as if you don't matter in this world, as if someone else has more strength and authority and power than you, remember what Jesus did. He threw off the trappings of traditional success and instead walked with a mother and child instead of some weapon of destruction. As always, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please send them to me at bourbon at gmail.com. And as always, while it is true that Jesus drank wine, an occasional glass is different than an addiction. If you need help, please seek it. If you need help but don't know where to look, please reach out to me and I'll be happy to guide you. Blessings, everyone.